Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. Uh, we're here live, five-ish, five thirty. We're here on so time, close, everyone. <laughs> here to talk about the hard stuff and why it's the good stuff when it mm-hmm. comes to our kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ways we can use powers beyond control. Everything we've been given, culturally conditioned to believe, to use in terms of teaching our kids what is right and wrong, good and bad, grow those little humans up the best way we know how, um, can kind of be problematic, can undermine a lot of the goals we have, those intentions, those um, those ideals for our kids. We talk a lot about alignment. How can we be practicing in those hard moments with our kids in a way that's going to align to our goals, align to the person that we're hoping to raise, mm-hmm. who's going to go out there and make some serious change and not be like a fragile white person. Right. Right. We also talk about spirited and sensitive kids. So mm-hmm. not just about us as parents and our experience and responsibility as the one with the power and the privilege in the relationship, but also about our kids and not in a way of like, oh, we need to fix them. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to change them. But like, damn, these are amazing unicorns, these children, especially Mm -hmm. the ones who have a really strong sense of inner wisdom and inner authority from the Mm get-go, right? Those are the kids that are, are, um, you know, they're special. special. And and I think um, society tells us they're special in a really bad way, in a negative way. Society stigmatizes them. They tell us we should be embarrassed by those kids. They tell us that uh, we, you know, we're, we're cursed. 
We got the kid that never wants to leave the birthday party. We got the kid who's always at the fountain stripped naked biting people. We got the kid who can never make it out the door without a sock that won't go on right. Right? We got the kid that can't be hanging out with other people without bopping them on the head. Right. We got some um, amazing go kids. On. Amazing. We, we love our kids so much and they're so amazing and the beauty and the opportunity has been that they have taught us so much as parents mm-hmm. and right? people. Their beauty, their beautiful spirit um, has ignited a spirit within us that has changed us in a fundamental way. And that's what we like talking about. We like talking about that change wave, that feeling of, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's not about me changing my child, but it's about me acknowledging the change in myself in bringing this little person into my home, into my world, right? Yeah. And being inspired by them. Yeah. All those moments that we feel <clears throat> like they're they're challenging us, they're pushing against our authority, they're they're um, checking our privilege in the parent-child relationship. Those moments of resistance Poking. when we want to use our control toolbox. Consequences yeah. on my terms. Now threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, spanking, timeouts, kind of all that stuff. When yeah. we want to do that. What we're trying to do here at Upbringing and in this community is to use powers beyond control. Research shows we don't have to do any of those other things. We can be using our resist approach, basically a loose six-step model for a conversation that seeks to meet two people's needs or a group of people's needs that basically says, hey, you've got needs, I've got needs. What can we do here? Let's check in about it. Let's be neutral and cool, not create shame Mm -hmm. and blame. And um, and a lot of baggage, yeah. right? That we're um, all dealing with in our 30s, 40s, etc. Send us some <laughs> thoughts, some struggles, some questions you have as we're going here. And then I just wanted to start this with um, with a win. Uh, I think a lot of folks always ask us your resist approach that's available uh, on your website. Is it like for like just kids, or like is it for like partners, or for? mother-in-laws yes. or for other folks and we're always like yes the and resist Laura. approach is for everybody and it's really cool to see it in action and so i just wanted to read can i um say what it sure. is really quick. dive so, in when our kids or someone else uh, is resisting us or resisting our agenda or we're having a little bit of a, a a conflict right or a disagreement between us and another person our kid primarily we talk about this yeah. we use the resist approach for that resistance to be <clears throat> resisting these this cultural conditioning that tells us to dominate people below us right. namely our kids in this like very natural normal um, paradigm and institution of a family right. and we're trying to kind of break down those walls knock down all of that down all of that oh kiki cream you're here you're ready to <laughs> learn you say welcome Welcome. Love you. We're trying to interrupt those cycles that say dominate someone below you. The institution of family is top down, right? Respect goes up, wishes and demands go down and expectations go down Mm -hmm. the food chain. And we're trying to say, let's just level that playing field. Let's be human to human. Let's make this family an egalitarian democratic space where everyone's feelings are recognized. Everyone's needs are valued. There's still people in charge. Everyone's voice is heard, right? where we still are in charge, but we don't have to be controlling Mm -hmm. those with less power Mm -hmm. because everything we do um, with our children is showing them how power can be used, abused, or experienced by another person. So we respect, we empathize, we sync up, we innovate, we summarize, and we trust. This could be within a minute, this could be within an hour, this could be over and over again within 10 minutes. It's different every time. 
Thanks so for that just introduction, a little preface to the resistance. I love approach. seeing folks coming in here. Hello from Montana. Hello from Singapore. Where else oh. are you folks um, here from? Joining in from? Let us know. I'm We're here curious. on a farm outside Portland, Oregon. It's very slushy and mushy around mm -hmm. here, but it was a beautiful sunset tonight. Mm -hmm. Let us know where you are. Someone wrote. Oh wait, I want to. <coughs> I want to preface oh. the winds also that people have been sending <laughs> in. People have been sending us winds and not like, oh my gosh, I said for my kid to do this and they did it. Win. But no, these winds about vulnerability, about connection, about trying to rewrite those mental impulses, those triggers. Um, our work. Right. Yeah. Our own work. Not in controlling our kids and, oh, they were obedient and conformed. Awesome. I looked really good and they looked really they good. They go to time out on their own now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Huge win. No, that is not the kind of win we're talking about. We're talking about growth, yeah. personal growth. We're talking about even a win can be, I realized that I fucked up. Mm -hmm. I realized that I want to do that differently next time. That's a huge win. Awareness is a win. Love it. Yes. So someone wrote today and said, um, in both my work and personal relationships this week, I've had robust and healthy conversations, which have been really so important, but I'm so conditioned to want to run the other way. And I shared with both parties how the hard stuff is the good stuff because of what would come out of it. Then in my team meeting, I lead a team of 10. I open by sharing this ongoing thought that the hard stuff is the good stuff and things have been hard for me yet have had amazing outcomes. It broke something open for the team discussion and we had the most beautiful and open team meeting on what others were learning through the hard stuff. Just wanted to share that because the repetition of this is literally changing not only my parenting, but how I do life. That just Aww. like that warmed our hearts. And I think yeah. it's just such a beautiful example of how this resist approach, this way, there's so many other ways, but this is the upbringing way that we're, we're bringing you into and that we're so grateful that you're here to, um, to work on with us is saying the hard stuff's the good stuff. We've all been taught the opposite, right? Everything we believe about conflict, everything we believe about our needs versus someone else's needs being at odds. None of that has to be real. Mm -hmm. right. And I also want to, within this hard stuff's the good stuff, um, conversation, acknowledge our privilege as being cis, straight, able-bodied white women and, um, and acknowledging that, that <clears throat> other people struggle. Other people have hard stuff that doesn't feel like good stuff and that is a lot more difficult, right? Whether in their parenting or in their, in their world, in their existence, right? And I think that I always want to circle that back to this is why these conversations matter. This is why we as white women are saying the hard stuff's the good stuff so that we're, we're facing these challenges head on so that we're growing and raising humans who aren't fragile, who, who know their own needs enough to meet those needs right. and so that they are able to look out to other people who are struggling, who are wronged. Right. Um, and do the work. And do the fucking work. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we had some people say New Jersey, Ottawa, Canada, Los Angeles, San Francisco, it's, oh, I saw Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, sunny Melbourne, Australia. Beautiful. Hi, Hi. ladies. Hey, everybody. Uh, <clears throat> let's go from the top here and see what's going on for you all. Um, we did see someone to trying to join Montana. live. We don't usually uh, join live with people till kind of uh, later in the yeah. in the live, if possible. If you can wait or shoot us a DM or a question sticker, um, mm -hmm. that would be best. We're just trying to get to everyone. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So someone wrote, what to do when you try and try and try with all these methods, but nothing shifts and you need to brush teeth, change for bed, etc. What to do? 
it's so tough not to get frustrated or defeated. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to clarify that our resist approach is not a method. It's an approach and an approach is in like a daily practice, a mindset, a way of moving through the world moment to moment. Um, But it really can. We've all been conditioned to believe that we use a method, right, to learn something, to To teach something. To get a certain outcome. Right. And that's very behavioral focused. So it's saying a method will change someone's behavior, will motivate them or it will inhibit them. Right. And so we want to kind of bust out of that binary behavior uh, realm and say, it's more about connection. It's more about relationship. And that's the day to day. At the same time, well, I was going to say, learning doesn't always look like visible results. Mm -hmm. And, and that can be a lot of people are like, I feel like the resist approach isn't quote unquote working mm-hmm. because I'm not seeing this, these tangible results of more teeth clean or diapers changed faster or fewer mean words. I'm using the resist approach. What the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, but, or what do I still do? I, I believe in this positive discipline situation. I believe in the research on respectful dialogue and Mm -hmm. connection-based skill building and all of these things. Um, But how to actually get the the teeth brushed. There are certain things that need to happen. Certain things have to happen. And I think the first thing that I always do because my kids are a little more spirited than yours, Hannah, is check that expectation. Okay. So teeth need to be brushed. How often? Really? Mm -hmm. Do they have to be brushed every night? I they have to be brushed. Of... See, I even forgot that it's two times a day from kids. <laughs> oh, just one time a night. That's a wow. That's a lot. No, but really, but but uh, we talk often about the skill and the value. So we ultimately want our kids mm-hmm. to uh, with toothbrushing and hygiene, with cleaning up and chores, with manners and nice words. Mm-hmm. Right. We want them to learn the skill, brushing those teeth, habit. picking those mm-hmm. things up. Right. saying those nice words, right. but we also really want them to learn the value, mm-hmm. right? The underlying reason about all of this, they, we want the them to feel it. it. We want right. them to feel, God, it feels good to have Why do we teeth. want that though, Kelty? Hold on. God, it feels good to um, have a clean space and to have chipped away, picking things up, zero it out, make it feel better. God, it feels good to, to genuinely communicate gratitude to another human being. Right. We don't just want the automatic, perfunctory, performative element of the mm-hmm. skill or the, the thing itself, because that doesn't always last mm-hmm. because that is externally it's superficial, right? Motivated because mm-hmm. it's not serving a deeper need in our child. Right. And it's not always going to continue to happen. Yeah. And that's why we want to get to the root cause of the value, essentially, mm-hmm. of all of these habits that we get so much resistance around as parents. So I think what you're saying, Kelty, is in this this question is saying, wow, teeth brush, this, this, these things that need to happen. Do they really need to happen? And at what points do they need to happen as they're building this, this not just skill, but this greater value, this underlying understanding, yeah. right? And connection to right. so, the so reason So I don't know how old, old your child is, uh, Mara, but talking about yeah. brushing teeth, changing for bed, all of those things where you feel so defeated and so mm-hmm. frustrated, those are things that become a negotiation and not in a negative way because a negative negotiation becomes a power struggle, right? right? Mm -hmm. That's when we we are not quite sure how to best use our power in a democratic way. So if we can make it a negotiation in a positive way, what do you need? You want to go straight to books or what do you need? 
toothbrush that doesn't feel weird on your teeth? Or what do you need? Five more minutes of play before you head in there. What do I need? I'm just your parent. I'm just kind of looking out for you. I was thinking it's been a couple days since we brushed teeth. This is when we use the resist approach, mm -hmm. right? right? To say, okay, what's your concern? What's your need? What's going on? We usually don't even ask for that. Instinctively, we're like, here's my need. Here's my agenda. Here's my expectation right. for you to do this thing now in this way, right? right? So I think that it all has to continue to be a conversation. Sometimes those teeth don't get brushed. That's okay. Sometimes they go to bed in their clothes from the day that had like dog poop on them. That's okay. Right. And this is coming from somebody what who, learning can happen from who that. had incredibly resistant kids and had to let go of a lot of expectations that their Virgo brain and heart held very dear, mm -hmm. like so dear, mm -hmm. like the dearest of dear <laughs> expectations. Right. But, yeah. but our kids can challenge us in that, in that way, not challenge us like uh, butting heads, but challenge us to hold that expectation into the light and say, right. to how elevate. often, how much, why, how mm -hmm. come? Right. And then communicate it to the kid in an open dialogue. So I was thinking teeth brushing usually happens twice a day in other people's homes. Just throwing that out there. What would work for you? Right. Maybe morning before you go to school and evening before bed is too much of a transition time to be putting that demand on you. Mm -hmm. When do you want to brush? How do you want to brush? Do you want to do it in the shower? Do you want to do it sitting on the counter with me? Should we put a special song on? Do you want to do it once a day, but for five minutes? Because you know why it's got to happen. It's got to happen. There's some sort of inner resistance or struggle with you around this. Yeah. And I want to help you understand it so that when you're older and you're struggling to get the taxes done, get yeah. your ass to the gym, uh, put in that TPS report, <laughs> do whatever it is. But this is where uh, people are like, this is so permissive. You're just bending over backwards to make it easy to problem solve for them. And <clears throat> Hannah jumps to Futureville. <laughs> yeah. Why do we want to explore these inner resistances? Because our kids are going to have inner resistances for the rest of their lives. We have yeah. those and we struggle with them right we don't know how to get past that that mm -hmm. you know that barrier to self-growth to okay. optimal living to the garage whatever. i'm gonna call my sister so she can give me a pep talk about it <clears throat> then i'm gonna put my favorite podcast on and i'm gonna do 10 push-ups and then just jump into doing it and i'm gonna set a timer so i only do it for 20 minutes and then i have something to do that's fun after. and then i get to go eat my cupcake that i've been saving for three days in the fridge right great i totally problem solved working on the garage for 20 minutes right right that's the innovation step that we spend time on with our kids in the resist approach right mm -hmm. that's how we that's the skills we're building with them so that they don't run Gosh. away from right or suffer through um, their lives. Mara said, I right? love this. What comes up though is worry it will make it even harder if I show that she doesn't have to brush her teeth if she mm -hmm. resists and also getting out of the routine. Yeah. And so that's the thing like yeah. for me, so I didn't give, the, I didn't open it up that much to my kids, for example, because they're not as, they're sensitive, but they're not as spirited as Kelty's kids. Mm -hmm. So for example, I would bring them into the bathroom and I would stand by the door to create this space of here you we are. You mean like a humor, human barrier? <laughs> no. That they need to, to scale to <laughs> escape? No, my kids wouldn't do that. Mine so would. they would hang there and then we talk about it and we, we bring them into it and we, we discuss, right? And I think that you, um, Mara, you might be wanting to talk about the summarize step, which is that loving follow through we talk about a where lot. Where you might right? have to set a little bit where of a limit. you might have to set a limit where it's like, well, so then we can't do that mm -hmm. yogurt and honey before bed or anymore. We, we usually want to throw you know. that out right away. If you yeah. can't, if you don't brush your teeth, no books. Right. If you don't brush your teeth, no dessert tomorrow. Right. If you don't brush your teeth, we throw out these limits being like, please just brush your teeth. Just right. Grab on and and instead it. we want to make a logical, natural consequence. So I just wanted to share. I know you're kind of like squirming to get out of here. Just wanted to share. 
I'm worried that if we can't brush teeth sooner than later, because it's what we do when it's been a couple days, that we will have less time for books. Right. We won't get to read that bad guys book yeah. you're so excited about. <clears throat> like, oh my God. We also might not be able to have that yogurt and, and honey anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because the sugar gets in your teeth. And remember what happens? It's going to eat through your tooth. Ah! So we want to clean that out because otherwise what happens? But just shot. I'm, right? I'm just putting it yeah, out there. Totally. Just throwing out the I'm why. side by side with you. I'm the little person that's going to live on your shoulder mm-hmm. the rest of your life, mm-hmm. helping you through these Hi, decisions, team. right? You can do um, it. Right. Um, what's another reason, you know, what, what's going on? And then what can we do to support oh, you? Or remember last time we were at the dentist, I'm just, I was thinking back to it and being super yeah. neutral and not scary and doomsday. Right. Thinking back to the dentist, dogs barking. Um, and I was remembering what she was saying about, uh, plaque buildup and just oh, how like, yeah. um, I, you were a total rock star going through the tooth cleaning, but like they might just have to get in there a little more. And I know you're sensitive about it. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like if we could get them cleaned every couple of days, we probably wouldn't have this to do that fundamental thing. respect step where we take yeah. five minutes longer with our child around toothbrushing. Right. It's a consent issue. It's a consent issue. Yeah. Right. And, and where they get to make that choice, but we're continuing to show them this positive thing of it needs to happen. My children, after one of those things or two, will be okay, like, okay, fine. fine. Because when they, her kids say that, they tears remember. literally spring out of my eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've never heard that. Yeah. Um, I hope this helps. It's, this, is, this is the practice, right? Loving follow through. If you have a, a one-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old, Maybe you get in there a little bit. You say, I'm going to have to get this thing if it's a real must. Mm-hmm. That's when you loving follow through and say, I'm going to lift your body and move <clears> you <throat> into the bedroom. But it's not. Like right. so much about our work here is examining yeah. what is a must. Yeah. Seriously. What is a must? It's not how much we can get away with based on the spiritedness of our child. It's what is ultimately a must based yeah. on them being a human is, and us being a human. we talk to raise a human that can deal with life. Thank right? you. But we talk about our freedoms model. Yeah. It's our ten, our kids' 10 freedoms. That's their life. It's mm-hmm. theirs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do like a butterfly thing with it. It's their life. And we have mm-hmm. to figure out how we can um, operate, intersect in a sensitive, respectful way with helping <clears throat> scaffold this, these skills and building these skills without over-controlling and dominating. Right. We've been so taught to just go at everything head on. You gotta brush your teeth. You can't wear those clothes to bed. I'm creating security for my child by mm-hmm. telling them they must do this every single time is what's happening in our brain. A lot of kids yeah. do feel security in doing that and then they do it, right? Yeah. I just hit the mic, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, but other kids, they need a little more information. They need a little more agency. They need a little more connection. Flexibility. They need a little more flexibility, right? Yeah. And we have Humor. to attune to that and say, wow, my child is showing me they're needing a little bit more. What can I do to support them? Because if I support them, it's an investment in their skill building, right? Mm -hmm. And our relationship ultimately. Yeah, but this could be said for picking up. Everyone's just like, my kid won't fucking clean up after themselves. Basically, I pick up all their toys because they're they're a year and a half. They're two. They don't know what's going on. They throw one block in and they're helping and it's so cute. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but seriously, no, but seriously, pick this up. Yeah. Like you just (laughs) demolished the whole playroom. Like this has to get cleaned up. My back. Yeah. I've been dealing with all this and a baby and right. a job and all it's these after things. after Christmas. There's so many fucking toys. Like, like no, like, no, 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 I'm gonna throw no, it in it's the trash. Time. It's time. We, we get to that yeah. point of like it's going away forever. Right. Right. And this is one of those skills and values conversations. The same exact way. Yeah. How can we be 
trying to edge and scaffold that skill along while really mostly yeah. and primarily, especially with resistant spirited kids, nurturing the value right. through storytelling, positive association, through modeling, through positive association, right. through humor and innovation. Mm-hmm. Right? When we create negative associations around cleaning, hygiene, vegetables, gratitude, gratitude, sleeping, any of these things, we do it with the best of intentions, but mm-hmm. it's a negative association. The impact is experienced negatively by our kids. Gosh, that's not actually helping them build those skills. It might in a, be in undermining the, long term. the process a it little. It can sometimes. So yeah. we want to be really conscious. Am I creating a positive association or a negative association? Am I using the resist approach, humor, creativity, empathy, communication, loving boundary setting, or am I using that kind of control toolbox that I've been given that it comes really naturally to me, but doesn't always feel so good. I think we we're so conditioned to say, just teach it, just say it. Mm -hmm. And without the thinking of what's the impact, Mm -hmm. what is my kid experiencing when I go about it this way? Right. And that sounds so permissive. And so like, how's my kid doing with this? Oh, a lot of partners might be like, who cares how they're doing? They need to learn the thing, right? I think a lot of bosses would say that too, though. A lot of bosses would say, I don't care what my employee thinks or feels with the way I'm running this business. Mm -hmm. But guess what? All the research in organizational psychology is now showing that CEOs and bosses and managers who treat their employees well, who let them give feedback going up instead of just going down, who give them like a little gym and some like, like a ping pong table, breakfast cereals for lunch all like, day. Oh my God, they <laughs> stick around longer. They work harder. They're more dedicated. There's what, what well we call mutual respect. Right. And that's the goal. Right. Hey, Molly. She says, how do you reconnect after your child scares you? I was nursing the baby when four-year-old started punching at us. He was frustrated and I couldn't help him right then. He navigated it fairly successfully, but after I had a hard time interacting with him and my body held onto the stress and fear of that moment long after it ended. Oh my gosh. Getting punched at with a newborn baby must have been nursing them too in a very so vulnerable. vulnerable moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so wonderful that you're acknowledging the fact that your body's held on to that stress a little bit and needs Great to awareness. get it out. And, and it's made you feel kind of on edge. Um, mm-hmm. I got punched in the crotch the other day. And like, it made me like literally afraid of my son, because when you, when you have a moment that vulnerable Mm -hmm. where it, it, it sets you on edge and it makes you feel like, what can I trust? When can I feel relaxed and let go? Nursing is one of those moments where you want to feel comfortable and relaxed. I think we we all have those moments, not to center myself either in your story, Molly, but this morning I was dealing with my son and I'd been basically since 6.05 in the morning going through this like really stressful painting project situation that was happening, Spirited Kid Mornings. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And my daughter, who's six and a half, woke up, tiptoed over to me and basically shoved me from behind while I was like, kind Mm. of like, um, um, what's the word, uh, when like a nurse is like trying to stop somebody from bleeding triage. Yeah. I was like triaging this project of my Mm -hmm. son's and she shoved me from behind and I just go, Jesus Christ, Wilder, like scream Mm -hmm. something like that. And she turned naked, stormed off back to the room, slammed the door, hid in her room. And I was just like, But like I was so, my whole Mm -hmm. body was tense from it. I felt a heat wave through my whole body Mm -hmm. because I'd been so stressed Mm -hmm. dealing with him and then felt that like physical um, aggression that meant playfully, somewhat Mm -hmm. playfully, like she was sneaking up to surprise me. Um, But it took some debriefing, um, which we would recommend to you if you're able. And what I said to her was, 
so glad that you're awake. I'm really sorry that I didn't get to say that first. And she said, I thought you would be happy to see me. And I said, I was happy to see you. I was happy that you were awake. But when you touched me, I didn't say like shoved me. I said, when you touched me, I was in a tense moment with your brother. And I wasn't, I was very surprised and it took me by surprise. And I'm really sorry that I turned and yelled at you that way. I said, how did you feel about it? What were you needing? Mm-hmm. It was hard though. Mm-hmm. So that's a, and this I is hard to say. Like I think it's hard in our minds to be like. So why did you come punching at me while I was nursing your baby, yeah. do- your baby sister? Like it's really hard to ask that of our kids. Mm-hmm. But I think it connecting in some way of saying you were needing something when you came mm-hmm. hitting me earlier, and I, I know that there must be moments where I'm busy with new baby, and when you're wanting something. Get that, and maybe mm-hmm. giving some space and and validation, opening that up to Do you see. Feel if, like there are times that happens, yeah. other than this morning, right. totally. Ugh. And like that made it very apparent that you needed something, but it also was hard for me in the moment because it surprised me. Mm-hmm. And when I'm surprised, I, I can't often help you in the way that you need. So. What could you do next time if you're needing? And it's, I mean, our, our child coming at us hitting, they couldn't have cho- chosen a different way to do it. Yeah. But our, it's still planting kid, that seed. Kids are always doing their best, yeah. right? It's not, it's not won't, it's can't. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be so great if our four-year-old could walk up to us? And you know this already, Molly, but like, if he could say, you know, mom, we've been so cooped up because of the weather and you have a new baby and I already have two other younger siblings or one older, one younger. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, and I don't always know what to do with my body. So I was feeling like hitting you, but you're nursing the baby. So I just wanted to come and tell you this instead. No kid can say that. No kid can ever say that. Great. But be amazing. But but thinking about this helps us practice. So when our kids are running at us, punching or doing something that feels like a maladaptive behavior, that track can be playing in our mind, not what's wrong with them, what's wrong with me, why are they doing this, they don't respect me, they want to hurt the baby, this is so terrible, or just trigger, 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 trauma, 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 feelings, but this other dialogue. And this dialogue, the beauty of that, which I love, Kel, is saying when we use those words Mm -hmm. to help us better regulate and approach the moment, we're giving those words and that awareness to our child in that moment as well. So then that child is able to be like, oh, dude, I'm struggling in this moment, or I wish I could whatever, or I'm not getting through to your mom and I'm feeling frustrated or whatever it is. When we're able in those moments. Oh, you said he needed help with Legos. We got through, but damn. Yeah. And then I would, from now, like, you know, after that, hopefully, like, when you're nursing baby, maybe take some deep breaths and connect with your body about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know a a whole lot about, like, kind of somatic psychology, and that's what we're really interested in learning more about right now and training in. But taking some deep breaths and kind of rerouting that impulse and saying, I'm nursing right now. I'm feeding my baby. I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Everything is okay. And, and kind of reconditioning and exploring that feeling and, and cr- creating a sense of safety around I remember, your baby after being hit by your I remember the feeling, though, and maybe other yeah. people here can identify with the feeling of being bitten by your baby when you're nursing. Yeah. I remember after that yeah. having that trauma feeling where mm-hmm. I would just start, like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. They might, and just a body flush mm-hmm. and that sense of um, that lack of trust yeah. and safety right. is so hard to deal with. So Let taking from some an deep breaths, source. reconditioning yourself in that moment with your baby, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job. Hang in there. Um, Here from Central New York, my biggest trigger is when my oldest becomes destructive when he doesn't get his way, Mm. someone says. That's so hard. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. Our big feelings guide 
um, talks about that a lot with helping de-escalate those big feelings and manage that frustration uh, mm-hmm. intolerance, which is so normal in kids to just go from zero to 100 and feel really frustrated and just get really dysregulated from what seems like the most innocuous moment, right? Mm-hmm. That is an opportunity for them to release that <clears throat> stress, to purge that stress. That's not saying they can tear up the house. That's not saying they can attack us, right? Yeah, but it is a rewriting <clears throat> of beliefs yeah. that the hard stuff is the good stuff, right? Right? They're, they're working it. So like those hard things, destructive behavior is stigmatized in society as they, they're losing it. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with them. They're looting. They're oh, rioting. That's they're, bad, yeah. right? Instead of what are they needing? Right? It's at the heart of this, yeah. that, that, that totally lo- losing it toddler, that person rioting and breaking stuff. What's going on with them? What are they needing? What are they upset about? Mm-hmm. What's the underlying situation here? Instead of, I don't like how this looks. Mm-hmm. I don't like how this sounds, right? <clears throat> and it's, it's not just about that <clears throat> last incident, which is, oh, they lost the, the game or they didn't get another cookie. But it's mm-hmm. like, this could be like, microaggression on microaggression, micro stress on micro stress. We just moved. It's a new baby. It's a new school. They miss their friend. They, all of these things and Mm -hmm. not to excuse a behavior because I think we all get kind of caught up in like, well, that doesn't excuse the behavior, condone it. But I think they're mitigating circumstances. Continue to understand and build awareness around why our kids are doing stuff. And that Mm -hmm. focus is our primary focus Mm -hmm. because it helps us meet their needs, right? Mm -hmm. If we understand what those needs might be. And if we can meet our kids' needs, then they can get aware of and ultimately begin to meet their own needs, which is awesome, right? That whole ball game, Hannah, is trying to rewrite that programming that says, this is an emergency. This is wrong. They shouldn't be destructive. Like this person said, they're yeah, triggered by so that. Hard. He didn't get his way, right? Even that <clears> phrase <throat> is so loaded. Mm-hmm. It's so hard and it goes through yeah. my head so often. Just because you didn't get your way doesn't mean you can. Mm-hmm. XYZ is the phrase that we've all been conditioned to say. Sure. As opposed to, it didn't go your way. The situation didn't go your way. Can we even mm-hmm. just change the words a little bit to say that? Which is your impulse to advocate for what you want is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Isn't There's nothing wrong with advocating for your impulse. And as a parent, knowing your brain development, I'm not even going to focus on the fact that you advocated for your knees, needs by flipping that table over, right? <clears throat> That's the other thing that we tend to do as parents is to focus on the behavior and impact. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you didn't get your way. You flip that table. Ugh. And then that hurt your sister and made her cry or that was loud or embarrassing. Ugh, that's all we tend to focus on. The basically, I'm going to do three here. The <clears throat> impact, the needs before that, or the behavior before that, and the needs are what we all, are always leaving behind. Mm-hmm. What were you needing? What was going on? Mm-hmm. You didn't like that, right? That's the empathize step. You didn't seem to like that we said no more cookies or you didn't like that the game was over or the show ended and we took the iPad. You right. really wanted more. And we're leaning into what their need is so that they can, like you said beforehand, eventually verbalize that instead of just wigging out about it. Mm-hmm. As their brain is growing, we're scaffolding that understanding through our words and our calm presence mm-hmm. when we can. We can't always do that. Also, we <clears throat> wanted to mention mm-hmm. friend Jen mm-hmm. from your Parenting Mojo podcast. We're going to have her on She's next so brilliant. Um, live and next podcast yeah. episode. We're going to bring her on to talk about triggers. Because we're all triggered. We all have a lot of like little micro traumas from our Mm -hmm. upbringing and a lot of unconscious beliefs and baggage 
that when brought into this parenting sphere, blow up. Yeah. Right. And I feel like often we talk about how our number one skill in the moment with our kids challenging behaviors and big feelings is that oxygen mask that we talk about. Put yours on so that you can help your kid, right? Like our job as sensitive support staff is to serve, but we got to be regulated first. We can't co-regulate and help our kids work on their emotions and their emotional intelligence if we're losing it, right? So how do we do that? When I think so much of what we talk about at upbringing is our beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? Rewriting those beliefs busting those beliefs mm-hmm. that we've been conditioned to to understand mm-hmm. and, and creating new ones that actually are child development focused, that mm-hmm. are research focused, that are benefit beneficial to our kids and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then also saying, okay, so beyond those beliefs, those mental mantras that we talk about a lot, what about our approach? What does that sound like? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right? What phrasing do we use? How do we show up through the resist approach? Right? So it's like our freedoms model is the why, our resist approach is the how. That's kind of what we do, but a, a lot of folks struggle to say, even if I have the belief that my kids should be doing this and I mm-hmm. love them and I'm respecting them and all of these things and w- how kids learn best and all of this, and even if I have this approach that I'm working on, I'm still struggling because I just get so triggered in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why <laughs> we're taking the um, Tame Your Triggers course. It's like we a wanna, workshop. We want to be part of the, the community there. It's a 10-week course, so you go through, I think mm-hmm. it's like 20 to 30 minutes a no, week. No, it was like 10, it was 20 it's minutes like, max a week. Yeah. So we're really excited about it um, and want to do it with our community. I think that's you. That's you. <laughs> a bunch of people are saying, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so we're all diving in there. I think the, is the link in our show notes? We'll put it in our show notes. Yeah. Uh, we stored so about it, it tonight. So check it out. Yeah. But yeah, Jen at your Parenting Mojo podcast is doing a Taming Your Triggers workshop. And I think that it's, this was on a sliding scale. It's amazing. Yeah. I think this would help a lot with partners as well. So mm-hmm. many folks in our community are like, I'm hanging in, but my partner has these uh, amazing intentions, but just loses their shit in the moment. Mm -hmm. What can be done? And I would say, tame your triggers. That Mm -hmm. would be our answer. Yeah. Let's see. What else is going on? A lot. Uh, (laughs) Someone says, when the parent is quote unquote struggling, when is it okay to use words like frustrated or upset in Mm -hmm. regards to what the parent is experiencing? Or should kids learn those words by us labeling their experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think kids learn best personally, right? We we focus on Mm -hmm. their self-awareness over socialization. So we focus on their experience. That's the best way for anybody to learn is through their own experience instead of through perspective taking, through um, external values and mm-hmm. expectations, through that socialization is what we call it. But I think it's also, I, I think it's really tricky. I think kids also, and because we're their attachment figure and we're in their lives and really intricately um, kind of connected in these struggles, they sense when we're struggling. They sense mm-hmm. when we're frustrated. They sense all of these things. And if we were to lie and say, no, I'm good, I'm good, then that's actually telling our kids not to trust their inner wisdom about what's going on. So they're feeling that mom's upset, <clears throat> but they're seeing that she's not looking upset. Right. There's some dissonance there. Right. And those signals be, are not connected. That could that could be really kind of disorienting mm-hmm. and not that great. We want our child to trust the signals that they're perceiving, right? We want them to understand their sponginess and be like, oh, they're upset. They're wary. They're mm-hmm. engaged. They're excited. Right. So we want to be honoring those things, but we also have to recognize our power and privilege as their attachment figure. We do not want to be raising a codependent who everything they do is about, is this making mom or dad happy? Mm -hmm. Is this making 
mom or dad feeling comfortable or meeting their expectations? Or is is this making them feel disappointed in me? Right. And so that's why we get really, uh, we get kind of finicky on the words we use to Mm -hmm. explain authentically when we struggle, right? We want to be honest, but we also don't want to um, like kind of trip into shame land, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, or codependency land, right? Mm-hmm. So what would we kind of um, use instead, Kel, yeah, in this situation? I would say struggling. I'm struggling to support you right now. Right. Or I'm struggling with the noise. I think I need to step <clears> out. <throat> so that's when we put a boundary for ourselves. We say As opposed I, to I, putting I, a limit I, on right. our kids. Instead of saying, you need to be quiet. You're bothering me. This You're frustrating is unacceptable, me. those words. Right. I'm saying, I'm struggling to support you. I'm struggling with the noise or I'm struggling with how things are going right, right. now. I need a little bit of space. Right. right. And we're not saying you, we're saying I, we're not right. saying when you do this or the way that you're, or any of those, right. like we're not making impulses. our kids responsible for our needs, for our feelings. Yeah. It seems very natural for us to do that, to teach, but it's, it's, it's actually putting too much pressure on them to be meeting another person's needs in these early stages of it's their a, lives. I think yeah. that, that is one of the biggest asks for us as parents, especially parents who aren't um, more conditioned to spank or to mm-hmm. yell. If we've made a decision, I'm not doing that, or I can't do that, or I'm not inclined mm-hmm. to do that. We're going to shame. We're going to, we're going to gaslight. We're going to stonewall. <clears throat> we're going to say, yeah, you do that. I'm You've sorry. just lost some esteem from me. Right. That, is our, my love. that is, that is our only tool mm-hmm. often as as um, women who are not used to conflict, mm-hmm. right? And we, we don't have the, the tools and the skills. So we, we use our love as a conditional thing, a tool. Yeah. As a tool. And yeah. it's, it's so understandable. It's so yeah. understandable. And it's really like the number one go-to for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. It's all we've got if we're not going to hit or spank in those moments. <clears throat> and I think that we still don't need it. And we can be marching little tiny steps forward. Mm-hmm. To not be using yeah. it. I think the, the yeah. less we use, the more sensitive our kids become mm-hmm. in understanding another person's needs. I think oftentimes we feel like we need to hit them over the head with how terrible that decision was, what the impact was on another person. But at this point, like I can literally look at my daughter and be mm-hmm. like, and she can be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to check this and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to shame her or push her into any of those things. But because I haven't conditioned her to have to experience a consequence to want to change her her outlook or mm-hmm. her words or her behavior she's very hyper attuned to those things mm-hmm. right yeah kiki cream says it's going to be hard but i think it will make a difference ambi june yeah. said what about being yelled at is it like hitting where you say <clears throat> i'm not going to let you hit yell at me or do we allow that yeah yeah that's such a great question i think this is about instead of setting limits on our kids i think that's where we come from mm-hmm. in in our typical typical control toolbox we say I don't like this. I'm going to control you and tell you to stop doing whatever it is. Or within the right. respectful parenting sphere saying, I can't let you hit me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to stop hands mm-hmm. for physical violence. That's mm-hmm. like kind of one of our biggest limits or personal mm-hmm. boundaries mm-hmm. is physical violence. Right. But it's so swirly around that that self-expression, Words. our kids' freedom to speak and express themselves mm-hmm. and feel. Right. Speaking mean words is feeling. Mm-hmm. And we always differentiate that instinctively as a behavior. You can feel that, but just don't say it that way. Kids is can't where differentiate we go. that. But kids can't yeah. differentiate that. Right. So I think in those moments, I think just like when our kid's hitting, we'd say, you're wanting to hit. You're feeling really angry. We get to the root cause. Mm-hmm. We honor that impulse. And we say, I can't let you hit me. 
Yeah, that's too rough. Mm -hmm. You're wanting to hit. I'm going to give you this other option or I'm going to set some space between us while Mm -hmm. you're feeling that way. Yeah, I'm here for you, but I can't let you hit me. Mm -hmm. And I think the same goes with verbal abuse or quote unquote, unquote, you know, where our kids are yelling or screaming at us. We'd say, you've got some big feelings about Mm -hmm. that. Yes, I, I need to take a little space because it's making me feel overwhelmed, right? And so we're not saying you are a terrible person. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You should do this instead. But we're also not saying I'm a doormat and I'm going to sit here and and endure all of this, which goes against a lot of our um, Mm -hmm. kind of like coming into our own selves as Mm -hmm. non-codependents, as strong feminists, as strong women. I I can't endure this. We get triggered and we're like, "Uh, no, little person. can't talk that way to me right right it's so tricky i think as we're doing this work it's okay to set that boundary and say i'm struggling with these big words mm-hmm. i understand where you're coming from i'm going to take some space and i'll be right back right yeah. we're not saying you can't say them we're saying honor you right but i must set this personal boundary right and right. we're teaching our kids how to do that right mm-hmm. when they don't like something it's not about changing the other person which is very impossible often and inappropriate, mm-hmm. the power is within us to make these changes, right? That's the nonviolent communication kind of take on a lot of this is saying, what are our needs? Mm-hmm. Let's state those needs, right? Let's state those feelings, especially in this power dynamic with our kids. Mm-hmm. Let's be responsible about it, but say, I'm going to take a quick second, right? Well, here's what I'm needing. Yeah. I see you needing this. Is that right? I'm needing this <laughs> right now. So right. I'm going to do that as long as it's not shaming our kid for their behavior because they're a kid. They're not a peer, right? It's different. Yeah. Um, someone says, yes, this is so hard to do. I'm a sensitive introvert with a spirited extrovert for a kid. He is at a hundred all day. So I find it hard to recharge during the day. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Someone asked, what do you do when you take that here or when you take the space because the noise is overwhelming, how can we do it in a way that doesn't come across as abandoning Mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. What do you do when you take that space? Mm -hmm. Someone else said, yes, my kid will follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we often talk about, Mm -hmm. um, taking a personal time out (laughs) when we, when we feel compelled to send our kid to their room or be like, shut the fuck up or whatever it is. I, I try to say as early as I can, when I start feeling those sensations, when I start feeling my body tense, when I start having those automatic negative thoughts that say, what's wrong with them? Why are they doing this? This is terrible. This is the last thing I need today. What's their problem? All those things that pop into my head. That's when I have now have a ding, ding that says, ding, personal timeout Mm -hmm. so that I can with enough time and energy still comport myself in my face to not be a terrifying visage and to say, you know what? I'm struggling. I need to take a quick break. Or even I'm not struggling. I'm, I'm going to take a quick break. I think oftentimes the reason you want to do it it, early, the level of struggling, I might have to say I'm struggling. Otherwise Mm -hmm. I scream what's Mm -hmm. wrong with you. Right. Exactly. But I think the earlier we're able to recognize that and build that self-awareness and communicate that the more able our kids are to let us go. And I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. once we're embroiled in an energy kind of rebalancing situation, it's really difficult. And I have had to close my door in my room and say, I'm going to be with you in just a second. I have to take a deep breath. And that's okay to set that boundary Mm -hmm. or to close yourself in the bathroom for a moment and say, you want more of me, but I'm feeling like, overwhelmed right now and I'm going to go take a few deep breaths. Yeah. That's good modeling And for I them. think it's um, a couple of okay. people have mentioned that their kids follow them and that it tends to escalate when that happens. Okay. I absolutely will use that as a tea kettle situation. Mm-hmm. So if they, if I feel like they might pursue me, I'm like, great, let's push this to a head. 
we want to get it all out of there right now. Right. So if they're ready to go, instead of it just kind of simmering along and simmering along and basically torturing me for mm-hmm. hours, how can we push this to the max? Mm-hmm. Me leaving will often do that. Me mm-hmm. saying, I need some space will often. Lovingly. It, lovingly. But giving them that space. Give them that extra mm-hmm. push to vent that stress, to basically turn the tea kettle up all the way so that they can get it all out. And mm-hmm. we basically push the, the kind of situation along so that it can hopefully resolve so we can get there a little quicker right it's like setting a boundary Mm -hmm. when you are like well i could squiggle along where they're like squeaky wheeling and simmering all day or i'll just hold that boundary lovingly but firmly and then they Mm -hmm. will push up against that and have an explosion yes and get all the stress out of their body yeah someone said i've locked them out and they pound on the door crying yeah locked them out of my room yes locking out of the house Potentially okay also, depending mm-hmm. on your situation. Depending on the safety yeah. and everything. If they're okay, depending on their age, they can handle I think taking a quick the, break from you. The, the onus is on us in that moment to use that time, whether it's five seconds, mm-hmm. whether it's two minutes. It's not a power play. It's not a power yeah. play. How long am I waiting them out? Hopefully they're going to change their behavior. It's this is my go time mm-hmm. to take some deep breaths right. and actually come out on the other side better mm-hmm. to support them. This is my chance mm-hmm. to come out and open the door and say, how are you doing? <clears throat> and not, I'm still pissed. What's right. going or on? I've Whatever. taken a few deep breaths. I'm mm-hmm. here for you now, right? Yeah. I think also just the situation in general, this isn't something we want to be doing all the time. This is a situation where we're like, God damn it. I'm needing to get away from my kid mm-hmm. and I have to shut them out of my room for a minute or the bathroom for a minute and they don't like this and I don't like this and it sucks. And I think all of this is saying, great, this is information for us to consider later and say, mm-hmm. wait a second, why did this escalate to this point? Love it. Why did this happen? I must circle back, not with my child about this, but about me. How long did it take me to set that boundary? How long did I let my kid push me and poke me? until I literally freaked out on them and had to go hide in my room, mm-hmm. right? We've all been there. And I think these moments don't just justify us leaving our child, but they, they really call us in to say, why did it get to that point? Mm-hmm. There's no one at fault here at all. Yeah. But why did it get to that point? Can we work backward in that self-awareness mm-hmm. and that self-regulation and that taming our triggers situation yeah. that we've talked about with your parenting mojo, the, the workshop we're going to take? Mm-hmm. How can we <clears> be... Um, working our way back to understand why this bothered us so but much. You're right, What's Hannah, pushing like, us to the this edge? Is, this is the big reminder to us yeah. why we're focusing on our kids' self-awareness versus their socialization, their needs versus their behaviors. Mm-hmm. This is why. Because the more we can be focusing on our own self-awareness, I'm starting to feel a little frustrated, or this isn't going the way I want, or I hear toys dumping on the other room, la la la, I'm going to pretend it's not happening. The more we can self-regulate, the more we can get in there and actually stop whatever's happening that might pre-escalate, mm-hmm. right? The more we are active participants in our mm-hmm. lives right. and in our kids' lives. Right. Awareness is gold. And I think that awareness is prevention. It is. But yeah. we've been conditioned to think that the more we're noticing, the more it's going to trigger us. So we don't want to think about that. We don't right. want to talk about that. Why would we bring that up after the moment? Everyone here right yeah. now listening you're doing the work. You're thinking about these mm-hmm. things. You're thinking about what makes you struggle. You're thinking about what pisses you off. You're thinking about what is just the worst triggering thing of all time that your kid's doing. This is gold. Mm-hmm. This is going to help you start tiny steps, slowly working back and working back from that moment of losing your shit to 
realizing you are about to lose your shit mm -hmm. to thinking you might lose your shit to wondering if this could lead to losing your shit to thinking this is normally something where I lose my shit, but I'm going to do something else, right? This is the, the, the careful back treading we're doing slowly over time. This is the practice. Yeah. I wish we had more time, everybody, tonight. Um, if you had, I think there were a few other questions. Please DM us those or join us on Thursday. Um, there was Wait, a final. There was, oh, one, there was one more thing here about okay. the toothbrushing I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, quick note. Do you still help brush your two and a half year old's teeth? What age are they efficient enough to do it fully alone? Mm -hmm. Our kids will show us when they're able to do it alone. Mm -hmm. For some kids, it could be a year. For some kids, it could be two years. For some kids, they won't brush their teeth alone until they're eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get so many questions from people saying, okay, so in the kind of child develop development manual, when will my child be able to say please and thank you and look someone in the eye and shake their hand? And we say, when they do it, mm -hmm. when will they be able to pick up their whole room? Because I've been putting pressure on them to do that. And it's causing all these, this struggle right. when they do it, our kids show their readiness when they actually do it. And, and that doesn't mean, is this where you're going to poke? Go ahead. This doesn't mean to just throw all of our expectations to the wind and say, oh, when they do it, they'll and be ready. It also doesn't mean to do everything for them forever. That's what either. I mean. We're not right. going to be, we're not going to be a crutch. Yeah. We're going to be a sensitive support staff. We're going to find that middle way right? Right? With, with our kids, hygiene and toothbrushing and hair brushing with our kids, manners and gratitude with our kids, cleaning up with our kids, school stuff, with their personal responsibility, with their, yeah. their eating and their, um, mm -hmm. like healthy eating habits. Think about those moments where you have had a pretty easy handoff from when you were feeding your kid with a spoon to when they picked up the spoon and started feeding themselves. Mm -hmm. There are those moments when you were kind of walking them, maybe, which we actually shouldn't be doing with our kids Don't to when that. they started walking on their own, you know, where we were reading to our children and they started picking up these words and then started mm -hmm. reading along with us, right? These are processes. They're long-term processes of scaffolding mm -hmm. where we begin with all of the, the skills and then they start assuming those over time. And the same goes for toothbrushing and all of these other tricky things. So remembering, where is it? Where am I supporting them and not doing all of it, giving them some agency and some, um, some buy-in about wanting to do it themselves, yes, but right? To continue looking at our kids and their skills, or as we often perceive lack of skills, mm -hmm. not as an issue, not as a struggle, right. but as, okay, acceptance. Where this is. is the the new normal right now, because right. this is constantly changing and evolving. And I want to look at my kid as always doing their best, as always having worthiness and belonging for their effort and ability, mm -hmm. no matter where that is on the scale of, oh, my friend this, or my cousin this, or when I was two this, Fuck or that. or I just want this thing done. Right. Right. Can we just look to our child and say, that is where they are. And I 100% accept that right now. <clears throat> What's next? How can I work with that instead of against it? Right. Absolutely. Someone said yesterday during banana o'clock, my son ran around the house <laughs> wreaking havoc. And when I set a loving boundary, he responded, you can't control the weather. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Tilty son has banana o'clock at like four o'clock. And it's just once they, when the, a certain time of day, when they just do the meltdown about a certain thing. And it's like really to just purge the system. He's like must scale all of the right. cupboards to get a banana. It I've already had like three. graham cracker o'clock or, you know. Yeah. Like glue and pasting o'clock. Yeah, bluey o'clock. It could be whatever. whatever. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. You so can't great. control the weather. I think Hannah, you've, weather. you've actually used this example before being like, why do we think we can control our kids? It's the same as trying to control the weather. I wish it were sunny today instead of cloudy. I wish my kid would clean up and be nice and do everything I say. That doesn't mean that our expectations are reality. And totally. so often we're so wrapped up in our little personal lens. They we're like, I'm like, it's a Kelty show. And you're like, it's a Hannah show. No. The wet, I should be able to control the weather. I'm all powerful here. Right. It's so hard. Makes me think of Groundhog Day this month. <laughs> um, someone said, thank you. Another person said, I still brush my six-year-old's teeth. And that's okay. If, if, they're, if they're cool with it. If they're cool with that. And maybe yeah. they're assuming the role little by little. Maybe you're saying, how can I sensitively dive in here? I noticed your molars and I worry about them getting inside the molar. I can't get that angle Remember for when you. we saw that picture and like, or you do the thing and I'm going to brush at the same time now. Like, yeah. right. Sometimes we like under support or over support and like you can always recalibrate. It's never mm -hmm. too late. Right. Yeah. Someone says, listening to you for my own self-reparenting. Thank you for your love. Oh, thank you thank for being you. here, everybody. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll be back Thursday with Jen Lumenlin from Your Parenting Mojo talking mm -hmm. about triggers. And so um, let us know what triggers you have, where you're struggling with those. Mm -hmm. um, we're taking her workshop course and we would love you to join us and we could like all be doing it together at the same time. Yeah. It starts March 1st. Um, it's we a sliding scale benefit. situation, but we can all kind of yeah. dig in and say, what bucks the crap out of us about our kids? Mm -hmm. What beyond our beliefs and our new approach that we're working on, where do we still struggle? Let's get into that. Let's unearth that. Let's transcend that. I think it's mm -hmm. transcending your triggers is how we would call the course. Um, it's even beyond taming, I think, is what Jen has to offer. So we're really excited. Um, mm -hmm. And we had a wonderful time connecting with you all tonight. If we Thank missed you, your um, your question, because there were lots of them, please do DM us or join in on Thursday mm -hmm. or send us some questions ahead of time. But you're all doing a wonderful job. We're so proud of you. <clears throat> We're so grateful mm -hmm. that you're here. And just talking through these things with you means the world to us. and yeah. makes us feel like we're less alone with our four kids. Um, really, struggling through all yeah. of these things together. Trying to show up and grow up alongside <clears throat> our kids. Practicing powers beyond control. So thank you so much for being here. Um, we'll be back soon. We'll be back Thursday. You're doing the work. We see you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>